Support for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast comes from Manscaped. Join the 2 million men who trust Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping when you include the code DADHARD20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so, so full. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block, in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip-flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you with holes in your socks. Us city slickers, there was no water in spots, so we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would not. Welcome, welcome, welcome on my dude daddies, future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in. This is Dad Hard with a podcast, and as always, I am your host, Mo Green, and this is episode 75 of Dad Hard with a podcast. Blows my mind that we've gotten this far. It is awesome. It is now week a hundred and three of dadding hard for your boy right here that is even more wild my daughter turns two next week that's crazy although she already swears that she's already two and she's now started to say that she's going to be turning three because two weeks ago she was already turning two so how can she be turning two again how she understands that timeline no idea. That's what she's telling us now. She now tells us that she's going to turn three. She's already two. Anyway, this is Dad Hard with a podcast. If you missed last week's episode, it was a fantastic one with Mr. Joe Cohane, a writer extraordinaire. We talked about his his relationship with parenting, you know, the 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 evolution of where he's come from, you know, growing up in, you know, South Boston, Italian-Irish neighborhood, very hard-nosed, hard body, and how his relationship with his daughter has now changed him and softened him a little bit more, which is a beautiful thing. And we also talked about reversing this concept of stranger danger that majority of us grew up with throughout the 80s and some crazy stats that he gave about how it's potentially destroyed and made way for this millennial era right now. And the stranger danger epidemic is kind of the reason why millennials are just constantly using technology all the time because they don't want to actually meet any strangers in person because they're petrified of them because of how they were raised. It was phenomenal the way that he brought that all together and he does that all even deeper in his new book the power of strangers so congratulations joe that came out last week on this week's episode we dive into a topic that we've never spoken about before and this is a inspiring episode my my guest gary martinez jr is a father of, of two and his his 15 year old daughter his oldest daughter was diagnosed with autism And not diagnosed until she was five years old, which is a little bit ridiculous to me. And he just goes through how he's been dealing with that for these last 15 years. It's truly inspiring. The guy is ultra positive. And that's a fantastic conversation. That's coming up after the musical break. Now, before we start, before we start, I have to say, Dad Harbor the Podcast is now available and streaming on the Helium Radio internet radio network that's heliumradio.com you can catch dad hard with a podcast on helium radio every friday at noon eastern time that is 12 p.m eastern time and given this is a special friday episode of dad hard with a podcast you can catch us today on the Helium Radio Network, heliumradio.com they also have an app you can go to the untethered network that is for explicit content which is hilarious that it's a fatherhood podcast on the explicit content channel of their network but you know what fuck it that's exactly why we're on the explicit content channel anyway yes catch us on helium radio network every friday at noon and with that said 
Let's dive into this week's development because it is, like I said, week 103. That means I am one week shy of my second anniversary as a dad, aka my daughter's second birthday. And last week I talked a lot about her language development. And how we've been able to now have conversations and, you know, her speech is just evolving at such a rapid rate and her understanding of language is evolving at such a rapid rate. That's continued tenfold. But now there are two specifics of, of her language development that really came to light over this last week. The first of which is her memory. Her memory is now impeccable. And I guess that makes sense because they, you know, at two years old, right? Kids probably only have a year and a half worth of memories. You know what I mean? Like they don't remember anything from when they were little teeny tiny, you know, until six, eight months, they're not really retaining information, probably nine months, really. They're not retaining information, but she now remembers everything. Doesn't matter what it is. If I, you know, we, we went on these, I like to do these missions with my daughter, right? We, you know, whenever she's going crazy, she wants like ice cream or, you know, something like that. In lieu of giving her that ice cream, I'm like, listen, we're going to do a mission. We're going to create a mission. And our mission is to find an ice cream truck. And when you find that ice cream truck, you're going to say, I found you ice cream truck, Right? Stuff like that, little things. Our latest mission was to find a purple motorcycle. She's really into motorcycles now because they go vroom. And she sees them all the time walking down the street. And she's like, oh, pink one, green one, blue one, right? And she wanted to, she was so upset that she didn't see a purple motorcycle. So for two weeks, we have this mission in place to find a purple motorcycle. And best believe every single day she came to me and she said dad we gotta do the mission and find purple motorcycle every day remembered this every single day she asked about this mission to find a purple motorcycle finally we found the purple motorcycle it happened to be right across the street from our apartment and now every day she remembers where it is she runs immediately to the window that overlooks the street and she sees if it's there. And if it is, she gets so excited. And she goes to dad, there's a purple motorcycle, purple motorcycle still there. She remembers these things. She remembers that when she has a friend, Charlie, right? In a book that she has, the book character plays with a person named Charlie. And every day when we read the book, she's like, I played with Charlie. I play. She remembers all of these things now. And... It's, I mean, not just the tip of the iceberg there. She remembers where the pizza place is. She remembers where daddy does laundry. She knows the street that we used to live on and knows when we pass it going to daycare. That's the old house. She starts to remember all of these things. And this has really only started to come about in this heavy manner where it's like everything she remembers. In the last week or two, maybe three weeks, her memory is really starting to kick in and you can see that she's seeing these things and seeing these memories clear as day. And it's a really cool thing to see. The other thing that she has started to develop is question asking. And that has just started this week. Literally like Monday of this week, Everything is a question. If she sees something that she doesn't know what it is, right? Or she can't remember it, right? So again, relating back to the memory, if she can't remember what it is or doesn't know what it is, she asks, she's like, Dad, what's that? What's that? What is that? What is that? What is that? And I'll tell her and she'll speak it back to me. And then the next time we see it, she'll remember it and say, hey, that's because they're doing construction, right? So there was this big tarp over a building, we were walking by and she's like, what, what is that? It's blue. What is that? And I told her, I said, that's a covering. They're doing construction. It so protects people that are walking on the street like Daddy and Rora protects us from stuff falling off of the building. And she goes, oh, we protected. I said, yeah. And then we walked by it the next day and she said, oh, Daddy, the construction. I was like, how can you say the word construction? And she goes, yeah, construction to keep protect, Right. Just to keep us protected. So she now wants to learn things even more. And she wants to be able to communicate her learnings. And she wants to be able to communicate her memories. She really is 
a sponge and just absorbing all of this stuff. And it's almost like she feels like her memory is like full, right? And, and she now knows everything that she knows. So now she wants to know more and she wants to know other things. She wants, we were reading a book last night and we saw moose in the book. She never knew what a moose was. She never seen a moose. So I had to tell her what a moose was and a beaver, but she wants to know what everything is she points it and she wants to know and then she wants to talk about it and it's not like oh hey that's just like a, a bicycle she wants to know like why that bicycle looks different than the other bicycles and why that scooter is different than the other scooters and why th this motorcycle is green but that she wants to know the reasoning behind everything it's like she wants to learn she wants to be able to expand her language capacity and her ability to communicate and that desire is now the third development you put those two together and you get you know two and two equals three in this case and you get the third aspect of it and it's just this de desire to continue to evolve her communication skills and her ability to communicate and her ability to talk so the girl loves to talk she is her father's daughter and and she wants to be able to continue to do that. And it's super, super interesting to watch that evolve in the same manner I talked about last week about them evolving their language and just being able to speak in a more communicatory way. I don't know which word, one of those words is correct, but fuck it. She now wants to expand on that level of communication by knowing more things and knowing how she can talk about them. It's like she's trying to figure out in her head and that small little two-year-old brain of hers, she's trying to figure out how she can use all of these new things that she's asking about and then therefore learning about in her everyday communication. I wish I could just be a fly on the wall in daycare and see if she like actually talks to the, the, the little kids in daycare about this construction site or, you know, this purple motorcycle. I wonder if she actually, if they like talk about these things. Maybe I'll ask my daycare one day if I could just sit in for a day and see how the, the kids communicate with each other. But, you know, she can really... She's really absorbing everything and wants to just keep absorbing more. She is like a sponge that only wants to be wet, if that made any sense at all. But it's wild to see and her inquisitive nature is just a beautiful thing. And it's really eye-opening as a parent. And that's that. That's that's for this week's development. Next week is our second anniversary of being a dad so it is my daughter's second birthday so it'll be her second birthday episode we'll have a little something special shit i maybe even throw a birthday party on the podcast but anyway we're gonna jump into a musical break and then get into my chat with mr gary martinez jr about his experience as a father raising a daughter with autism it is a awesome conversation the guy is the most positive human being I've maybe ever met besides my buddy Dan DeVere. Shout out Double D. He's just incredible. It's a great conversation. The tools that he's been able to use and create within himself to, to help with his daughter's condition is awesome. I mean, he might win dad of the year in my book for that. So we're jumping to the musical break and we will catch you on the other side. I'm about to let them know where we coming from, Rue. You know who it is, the boy Mo. Uh, introducing. This is the bird call, and I'm the lead eagle. Low profile, slide through in the Jeep Regal. Grease pants sagging past my ass, BEV suing. I ain't the king, but you still ain't my equals. My shit is hard as rocks. Your style's a see through. Well, I'm done with the sequel. You still on a prequel. I'm too advanced. Get out and right past it. I could teach you dumb niggas like remedial classes. Bastards blasted. My index is spastic. Don't make action jacks. Dads, summer is coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach bod? If not, you're in luck because our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. 
So compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. So join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code DADHARD20. Let me tell you. I went to the beach a couple weeks ago, a little bit before summer hit, and my whole chesticle situation was looking very, very Teen Wolf. I did not want my daughter to be a part of that family with the hairy-ass dad, chest hair popping out, arm hair popping out, all that stuff. So I took the Lawn Mower 4.0, and I said, zip, 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 zip. I went from Teen Wolf to Teen Michael J. Fox real quick. And that's all thanks to Manscaped. If you use the performance package, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. You get the Weed Whacker Ear Hair Nose Hair Trimmer. You get the Crop Preserver. That is the Ball Deodorant, which I also use to keep smelling fruity, fruity fresh. Uh, as well as the Crop Reviver Toner, also for those balls. Plus, you get a free gift, actually two of them, with your performance boxer briefs and the travel bag to hold all your goodies. Like I said, get 20% off and free shipping right now with the code DADHARD20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code DADHARD20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun, right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your waves. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun, right, right. Remember the sandbox, little league ball felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap, and Doc was more like Benny the Jet, no handy but yet. Pops tell us to drink up Like this will put some hair in your chest That was before we are back With this week's episode of Dad Hard With the podcast And as always you know Once that music break hits It is time for the guest segment Of the show And this week We're tackling a topic that I have yet To discuss on a podcast Honored and amazed At what my guest has been able to do Given his parenting situation. He is from Colorado. He has two children, one of which his daughter is 15 and living with autism. So he has now kind of dedicated at least part of his life to being an advocate for childhood autism and bringing awareness to the disease and also putting out content into the world to help other dads and parents navigate that unique situation. And I put unique in air quotes. As you see, G, I put it in air quotes because it shouldn't be unique. All of our fatherhood experiences are unique. Every child is unique. And this is a unique child and experience to say the least. So with no further ado, let me introduce Mr. Gary Martinez Jr. How are you, sir? Hey, Mo. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing super fantastic, man. I'm ready for this. Always doing super fantastic. As I told you before we started, your positivity and energy that you just put forth is incredible. And I'm I'm excited for this because I have a feeling that you might, I might have met my match with energy (laughs) on this pod because I bring the energy and I know that you do the same. Your positive outlook and and way of being is just phenomenal. I'm excited to have you on. I'm glad we were finally able to make this happen. How's everything out there in Colorado? How's the weather? How's the summer? How is everything treating you? Weather is hot. So I've been taking the kids out. Speaking of energy galore, like we went to this nearby town, the Mountain Creek water flows through the town. So we walked mm-hmm. through the water for like one or two miles. Wow. And That's my daughter awesome. used to be a tow walker and now she can run in the water. We've been tearing up that town, walking through the whole town through the water, not the sidewalk, the water. That's amazing. Is she's the kid's so excited to be running through the water? 
Yeah, man, you're talking about 7,000 feet elevation. Got both of the kids with me. So we're, we're backpacked. We got drinks. We got snacks. We're, we're prepared. We, we do a nice little, little walk in the water a couple miles. We exit and we're, when we're in town. And then we're playing video games and we hop on a shuttle bus. That's amazing. And we, and we did it. We did it a couple of times this week. So it's like just getting it in. That's awesome, man. Life. That's Enjoying awesome. Summer. That's why I love, I love Colorado. I've been out there a couple of times, got a couple of good friends out there. Uh, and I love it because there's always like something different to do that's outdoors. You know what I mean? You know, they have their breweries and they have their, their drinking and everything like that, which, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm a fan of, you know what I mean? But <laughs> but they have so many different things to do outdoors that you can't. I'm here in New York. I'm trapped in a concrete jungle, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to get. I I don't. I'm not walking in water every day unless it's puddles and my daughter splashing in the park. <laughs> so you know, you are an incredible human being, and, and I will start by saying that because how, how you've had to navigate your fatherhood experience with your daughter, I'm sure it's been very difficult. And I'm sure it's been even more difficult with the stigma that's been put on autism. Tell me everything. How did you find out that your daughter was autistic and what did that feel like? What was that experience in finding out for you? It was crazy, man, because the last thing you want to do as a parent is be in panic mode and don't know how to help your child. So my daughter was, she started out nonverbal. And so she couldn't talk. So the way she expressed herself was she was having these, what they call a sensory meltdown. So she would beat the heck out of herself, oh throw God. herself on the ground. She would arch her back so hard that it looked like the bottom of a rocking chair. And she was like that. And she was just pounding her knuckles on the ground, attacking the ground, oh screaming, crying, tears coming down her face. Uh, her whole body just basically turned red and she was just screaming out of the top of her lungs. And one thing about girls when they're autistic is that they kind of fly under the radar where a lot of times the doctors, they don't. They think, oh, you know what? She's just a girl, you know? She's just being ditzy. So it's okay. She'll come around later. So, you know, we got diagnosed later. And when you get diagnosed at a later age, you miss out on these early interventions that can help your child out with certain therapies, like whether it's with their speech, with their OT therapy for their their body to kind of know how to have coordination and to to link arms with the brain so they can kind of organize themselves and work together. We didn't get that until later. So, you know, when we finally got diagnosed, like, okay, you know, you're autistic, but you're also, you also have what's called sensory processing disorder. Sensory processing disorder is something you grow into, but you don't grow out of. And that's what we were talking about earlier behind the scenes. It's like, you can't tie your shoe. You don't have the strength. You don't have the coordination. You don't have the fine motor skills. So you can't, you can't even uh, use a spoon. You you can't open a, a, opening a door was hard. We were a toe walker where we had to walk on the earth on our toes because she was scared of the uneven surfaces of the earth. So there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of struggles when we had these therapies where we were in the hallways a lot of times, just sitting on the floor, crying together because it was too much for her. And then you fast forward a little bit to school and preschool. It was too much for her. She couldn't handle, you know, school is unpredictable. When you're at home, there's structure, there's routine. School, (laughs) chaos it's a circus you got loud sounds you got different types of smells you got bright lights you got people that you don't know you got people bumping into you and if you're very sensitive to that kind of uh, stuff it can lead you right back into that meltdown so i had to learn to break out of this introvert shell like you said and i said okay okay gary what you're gonna do is you know you played sports when you were younger you're an athlete it's time to turn that switch on and let's be an athlete for your daughter's life Let's not to help her out. So I had to start self-educating myself. I went to every single session and I learned. I took wow. notebooks, pens, pencils. Wow. I wrote everything down that didn't work. I wrote thing down, things down that did work. And I asked questions. Who do you follow? What books can I read? Who do you mentor? And I would stay up late until the wee hours of the morning to kind of self-educate myself because I didn't know. I knew Jack Squat. I knew zero in the beginning. Like most of so us, I had yeah. To, I, yeah, I, I had to put in the repetitions of learning into and to be that advocate for my daughter. So it, it took all those things. And today, you know, we talk, she, she laughs, we're like best buddies because we have, we have a bond, we're like, awesome. we're like, you know, best friends. And we've had to overcome those struggles and it wasn't easy, it took years. But wow. now we know we like this, we like that. Yeah. We gotta do, we gotta do this routine every single day. Yeah. And as a parent, for me, I have to be prepared for her. I have to wake up early. I have to do my own self-awareness routine. So I have the energy to to give my 100% to her. So in a nutshell, that's, you know, kind of quickly what we started out with and kind of, you know, where we're at in a, in a 
So it's so crazy to me that she was just kind of put on the shelf with 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 her action and just attributed to like, oh, she's just a girl or oh, she's just delayed or something like that. Like it, it's it's so sad and it's upsetting to to hear that as also as a girl dad, as a dad in general. You know what I mean? Like you hear that about your child and it's just brushed off to the side. You also want to, your natural instinct is to also kind of brush it off to the side. But meanwhile, you're at home dealing with this stuff that shouldn't be happening. You know what I mean? Based on like what you've probably seen with friends or gone through previously, et cetera. And that it's like nobody cares that, and they're taking the time to really analyze what's going on here. That must've been super difficult for you as well. What age did you finally get diagnosed with autism? You know, to be honest, it's kind of hard to pinpoint it because they had to do different tests with different specialists and doctors. So it's probably in between, I'm going to say around five to six years old, right before we started, right before we, uh, yeah, before we started therapies. So, you know, like you said, you know, you know, every kid on the spectrum, autism, autism spectrum has different characteristics, different components. Like we're, we're very repetitive. So we say a lot of things over and over, like a thousand of times every single day. But what people need to know about that is that's actually what's called a sensory anchor. So we're into Disney. So if she's repeating a Disney line all throughout the day, that means it's keeping her safe. It's keeping her that's relaxed. Awesome. It's making the outside world safe to her because she's using that world to deal with the outside world. And that's something that people have to learn how to you know, respect. And another thing is, is that they can read the room. So like when we're in meetings, what I have to tell people in meetings, all these professionals is like, you turn into the teacher, you're the practitioner is like, Hey, you know what? Can we do this one-on-one? Because when we're in a room full of people in a small room, she can read all those voices. It's kind of like you on the phone and there's like 20 people talking to you at once. You can't answer all those questions. That's the problem with her. So she gets overwhelmed. She'll have a meltdown or she'll start doing some type of noise or movement. And that's like, Hey, help. Hey, help. So a lot of times I have to give her like a, a massage to get some some of this deep pressure to kind of get this input that her body's craving to kind of help you know deal with those situations. And, yeah. Did you did you get into massage? I know, I know that that you also are into massage therapy professionally. Did you get into that because it was a, it was a helpful mechanism for your daughter? Actually, it was before. Okay. It was before, and I think a lot of things that I that I have become in life that kind of actually helped mold me into the person that has been able to help Monica, you know, na- on a natural basis with her. Yeah. So you, you find out at five years old, five years, a long time for a kid. There's a, you know, I, I read books all the time. I've, I do a lot of research on, on, on this stuff. And, you know, they say that kids by the age of three, they're basically like who they're going to be for the rest of their life. I know you're a super positive guy and you want to look at the, the positive side, but you must have been angry, had some semblance of anger and frustration to some extent. Five years they let this go on, just trying to, br- just basically brushing it under the rug before actually diagnosing her and getting her help. Like, what was that period like for you? That intermittent period where you probably knew that something else was up. They say there's motherly intuition. There's definitely fatherly intuition as well, especially once they start getting past that one, two-year-old point. You must have had some semblance of frustration. How did you deal with that frustration and deal with those first five years of not knowing what was going on and also not knowing how to help her? Yeah, like me back then versus me today. Like back then, I was very emotional. I wasn't the, the person you're talking to today. You know, I took it a different way. So I was, I was that. I was all those things. I was frustrated. I was upset. I was angry. I was flipping out because, like you said, I know, you know, don't you don't you have any answers? If a doctor doesn't know, the best thing you can do is say, okay, I don't know. Let me let me refer you to someone who's 100%. a little more specialized, whether it's somebody that's like a neurologist or somebody. And then you take you give us the next step, and then you you know that way you're working a process to help out. You know that that doesn't happen a lot. A lot of a lot Easy. of professionals. You know, they'll just kind of stay stuck and say, you know what? Okay, let's just let's just come back in three months or let's just come back in six months. Well, every single second, you know, that child is suffering. Sure. And that's just not that's just not a good enough answer. 100%. So, you know, we want answers. So it, it took time. So, yeah, man, it was a lot of suffering. And just like you said, you know, I read a lot of books, too. 
and that's just another way to kind of to kind of help you learn some things while this this trauma is going on while you were doing that did you have did you like have the sense that she was maybe like autistic or did you just know that like something was up that she needed like she needed different type of care or different assistance or different attention or or, or did you just kind of have a feeling like maybe she's autistic did that ever occur to you or or were you just trying to figure things out and how to more of like how to help her trying to help her and trying to figure things out because honestly i didn't even know what autism was i didn't know that word that was all foreign language i didn't know any of that stuff i didn't know sensory processing disorder nothing man so i was helpless i didn't I didn't know Jack squat only that, you know, Hey, we need help. And your answers are not good enough. Yeah. And, and and it just took too long. Uh, yes. Five years is, is a very, very, very long time, but autism is something I assume you're born with. Correct. There's different things that go around as far as like, no, you know, the science and research really has not pinpointed that like they're always doing research. They're like, you know, we're going to research this for 10 years and then you got to wait another 10 years and you got to wait another 10 years. It's like, they really don't know. But, you know, I have evolved with my education, so I have a a good sense. And for me, one thing that really stands out to me is that a lot of our kids have heavy metals, heavy metals Mm. in your system. Heavy metals for autistic kids, what happens is like, you know, you got your left and you got your right side of your brain. Right here in the middle is that free space, man. It's like we're supposed to dream as a kid all the way up to right before 18. It's like dream world. That's blocked. Heavy metals block that. So what I have learned is that heavy metals are blocking that space for our kids and different parts of the brain are now starting to function and they're not supposed to function until you're an adult. Wow. An adult. So a lot of these different behaviors, emotions that you see from our kids at a young age, those doors aren't supposed to open up until later in life. Wow. So those heavy metals are forcing the brain to, to start to come alive in spots that they're not supposed to. Wow. And so that's what I've learned a lot. And, and by, you know, eating real well and doing stuff like that, you know, we're, we're working on, you know, getting metals out and things like that to have, to help us out. So when you talk about heavy metals, what, what is, what is, what does that mean? Like, I, I, and I am, I, I guess I am like you were in the beginning of this process. Like, I don't really know that much. So like, and, and I'm sure, you know, like, like most people don't know that much. When, when you say heavy metals, what what does that mean? Is it like heavy metals like right. in the bloodstream for that, that just come from birth and stuff like that? Or expand on that a little bit more. It's been said that heavy metals can pass down from generations. Oh, interesting. Generations. And, and, you, know, and you have more accumulated inside you, the child. But also it's, it's, it's in the environment. So it's sure. everywhere. Everyone has metals in them. Can't escape it. Metals are in our water. Yep. Metals are in our food. Yep. Metals are in our house. They're they're on the walls of our house. They are in like if you use like aluminum foil wrap, you just touch metal. It's going to absorb into your just body. Kidding, yep. They're in a lot. Of, they're in a lot of places. They're even on our furniture. You just have to do the research. And I have to share. I got to share the knowledge to the world to help 100%. people out. Yeah. So when you when you know some of that knowledge, it's not. It's like, hey man, don't be scared. You got the knowledge, but now here's some tools to help out. So then we use tools. To help out, such as certain foods or or herbs or supplements and stuff. Right, and like, and I was gonna get into that. Like, you you guys live a very holistic lifestyle, right? As, as you said, what is what what does that entail, and how does that help her to deal with with her autism? Right. So, like I said, back in the OT days, one of our therapies was occupational therapy. You're sure. kind of learning the body for all the the challenges that you have. So with with that, that's a natural form of exercise. It's like play exercise. So for a fitness trainer, it's like, man, that's so cool. Like, you know, you can you can squeeze uh, Play-Doh. You can squeeze something harder like like TheraPutty. Yeah. And one thing we did with TheraPutty to help us be able to hold a, a pen or a pencil was if you roll it out until like a kind of like a pizza plate mm-hmm. and you, you take a, a fat paintbrush and you flip it upside down and you hold it like this with the grip. You start to strengthen your, your fingers and your hands when you start to practice writing things. And we used to have like a little like a little square board that had little pegs, whatever the heck you call that. You put rubber bands on that and you start pulling them and you start getting some finger strength. We use things like, like swinging for us is like her go-to exercise. So swinging brings uh, body awareness. So it's like she may think some of my body's missing or, or I can't I, – I don't understand the gravity going on because it has to do with the inner ear. Sure. So like when you do something like swinging and you're off the ground, you kind of 
you kind of get, you kind of feel your, your body more in that sense. So you do things like that. And this is crazy, but we all like to go down a slide, right? We all like to go down, woohoo, going down a slide. But a thing that's called heavy work for us, which works the muscles, the joints, which goes deeper and deeper to really get the, the input that your body's craving is when you start to climb up a slide yep. and you have to hold on with your hands and you got to use your legs and you got to climb up a slide, that body's working, man. So that's like one way to, to get what we call heavy work. Wow. And then like another thing is called touch. Like we're, you know, our hands, like my daughter likes to move her hands a lot. So like we'll drag them like on a brick wall, like ooh, left, left hand, right hand, or we'll put them in sand or we'll put our feet in sand because, you know, your hands and your feet are the, the, the furthest extension away from your sure. body as far exactly. as body parts are concerned. And if you can't feel your hands and feet, they're going to freak out. So you have to do like a, a routine, a variety of exercises that you know that are helpful for your child. And the thing is, like, you don't use it like a template. Like, you know, every hour we do this, this, and this, because that's overwhelming for parents. What I sure. learned from a therapist is you, you let, they're the captain of the ship. You let them naturally do that activity for as long as they want to. And if you realize that, that they're happy and are getting the, the sensation that they need, you know, Just play keep on, doing it. play yeah. on. What about, we, nutri- we get, what about nutrition and, and, and diet? Because you, you, meant, you mentioned, you know, eating certain foods and stuff like that to try to get these metals out. How does diet help her to, to deal with the autism and, and enable her to kind of center herself, I guess, for lack of a better term? Yeah, yeah, man. You, you read my mind. I was, I was going into that next. <laughs> Excellent. Sorry. <laughs> you know? You know, we, a lot of us are picky eaters. A lot of autistic kids are picky eaters because they get fascinated with, like, the texture of foods. So we're like fascinated with like chicken nuggets in the beginning. A lot of them like chicken nuggets. So like we learned to, to use some different foods to kind of help out with textures. Some of them like crunchy foods. So we eat celery a lot. So celery is oh, real good. Nice. It gives you the crunch crunch, but it's also real good for your stomach because sure. you're getting the natural mineral salts that your stomach needs. And you're also getting it for your fancy word here. I don't like use the fancy words, but you know, it's called neurotransmitters for your brain to sure. help your brain out. So it's giving those, it's also helping up there with the brain. And then one thing we use to break the ice as far as going from that one chicken nugget nation, chicken nugget nation, to start eating different foods was I brought in our pretend world of Disney. And I brought in movies that are very important to her. Like I said, they're real to us. The characters are real. So I was like, hmm, yellow banana. I was like, Monica, I'm going to eat this yellow banana for Alice's yellow blonde hair. I wanted to stay long. I wanted to stay blonde. I don't want nothing to happen to her hair. So I get real animated. I put on my little acting dust. I'm going to eat this for Alice months, 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 months. So in time, she's like, dad, I'm going to eat this banana for Alice. So that was like the icebreaker. And that's a big moment in our world. Wow. When a parent sees her kid try a new food. So that kind of turned a corner where now we're eating a fruit. Yeah. Know? And that led to like, now we eat different things. Like we'll eat an apple that's red. We'll eat that for Mulan. Mulan, the warrior princess. Wow. Right? So we're feeling good with that vibration vibe, but we're also getting that necessary nutrition because we're getting that natural sugar to the brain that helps us have energy and to function. Right. Our whole entire body, actually. Yeah. And it's also, you know, detoxing the body at the same time because fruit turns into like a broom. And it starts to sweep away junk that stays there in your gut. <laughs> yeah. But as you can see, we're very animated. So that's that's how we roll. And uh, yeah, there are certain foods that do help out pull out metals. Like one of them, for example, is cilantro. Oh, so wow. you can lose cilantro. You can use wild blueberries. Wild blueberries are like times 20 versus a regular blueberry because they've been around for thousands of years. Oh, wow. So they've, been, they've, they've gone through the struggle of the earth. And it has so much nutrition punched to them that they're another food that's just like one of the top, top of the line foods that can, yeah. it's just something that you can, you know, you know, put into your, into your food plan. Sure. That's, a, that's, uh, a, it, so. it, and, and all of this, you just did this research and learned this ever since she was diagnosed, right. To try to just help her. It's, it's incredible. You, you're the definition of, of what the power of being a dad is, right? Because you're, you, you've changed your mechanisms for everything and how you interact with your daughter to help her. You know what I mean? You saw that she was struggling in, in, a, in a difficult place and you do all this to help her. And, you know, big shout out to Disney Plus. I'm also a huge <laughs> Disney fan. My daughter, huge Disney fan. We do that all the time. But it's amazing that you've been able to kind of 
take these things that you find that she likes and she really connects with and use them to help her better herself and, and, and connect with other things. You talked about food, right? Then you talked about the relationship with the slide and, and doing the exercise for the body. You know, it's a phenomenal that you've been able to take these things that she understands and likes and connect them to helpful mechanisms that are going to help her in the long run. It, it, it's phenomenal. Was, was the Disney plus thing something that, that like the, the therapy like suggested or did you just kind of like come up with that out of the blue one day because she just loved it right so every kid they have their own thing that they're fascinated with like some kids like video games some kids like like things when you're outside like some kids like looking at the like different bridges you drive under some like looking at the what do you call the little sewer thing like when you're on the corner the of the sidewalk yeah, yeah, yeah. some people they're fascinated with things it could be like a spinning object like for us at one time it was the the cement truck the spinning yep. part everyone connects to something that they like that fascinates them and that becomes their sensory anchor it's kind of like their you know it's kind of like what is that linus with his blanket it's like their security blanket through the day and you know for us it's about it's about breaking titles like you know people like to put titles on people because they're not willing to do the work the hard work to get the results that other people get so we like to break those titles and those labels that people put on you know people for example like us and you know you won't talk again you won't you won't run you know, you won't do this, you won't do that. Well, we're not interested in listening to the negative noise. That actually, that actually fuels us. It fuels us, man. So it's like delicious. So we work on us and we just overcome obstacles. Like we have a lot of, you know, we have challenges. We're always going to have challenges. That's life. Life hits you hard every day. Life don't care. So you have to step up to the plate and you have to continue to evolve because I didn't know any of this stuff about nutrition. I know any of this stuff about sensory activities. Sure. I had to make, I had to make time and make it a priority. Sure. For sure. When did she become, you said she, she started nonverbal. Well, actually, before I mentioned that, I love the fact that you use the term we, I love that everything about her is about we, because you really are going in this with her. That's just a beautiful thing that you're able to to, to see that and able to make her see that. I'm sure you use that with her and you say, we're going to do, you know, and, and I'm sure she appreciates that and helps to not single her out for being different or unique or whatever. So that's phenomenal. You said she started nonverbal. When did it finally start to click with the, with the language and everything? That was about 2014. I met some friends at a networking group. And they have a, a certain type of brain service that they offer. It's called lens therapy, low energy neurofeedback. So what happens is you go in there and there's like 27 sites on your brain that they work on. So they do one session, they put the little stem on there. What happens is your brain is kind of like a symphony. Yep. Like if you're at a symphony and the conductor's you know, leading, leading the pack, and if there's an, an instrument, a player or two that's out of place, they're out of place. Yep. So with your brain, there's parts of our brain that are stuck. So they're not performing. They're not. They're not with the rest. Of the, with the rest right, of the bunch. Right. For sure. So in those sessions, we were very stuck in a lot of places. So as we got into about the third or fourth session, the brain started to get flexible, and we we saw that with the graphics. And when that happened, Monica went from getting. She was starting to learn words and speech therapy. We were fighting hard, and then at that third or fourth session, she started to sing a song. Wow. And after she sang a song then she uh, completed her first sentence. Wow. So with the combination of that therapy and the speech therapy and everything else combined, you know, as teamwork, and she turned that corner and now she speaks. Wow. And now she'll talk, now she'll talk her head off. Wow. If you show love to her, if you sure. show love to her world, she's going to bring you in. And, you know, now we talk to people at stores, like Monica has a series of questions. We go to like the Dollar Tree, for example, or one of her favorite stores. Yeah. And she'll be like, hey, I'm Monica. I did so-and-so. How are you doing today? You know, And they, they could feel the vibe and the energy that she's sure. pretty awesome. And then she'll be like, she has these, these same repetitive questions like, what time do you wake up? And they'll answer her. What time do you go to bed? And then she'll be like, what time Amazing. is the store open? It's what amazing. time is it closed? And by the time we're done with that conversation, you know, she has a new friend. And those people remember us for next time. It's amazing. Because in our world, for our kids a lot, we don't have friends. So when you can meet friends like that in the public, you know, that, that's a pretty big win. Well, why, now, why do you say you don't have friends? Obviously, you're going to deal with kids bullying and shunning her away because she's different. That's obvious because kids at that age are 
you know, excuse my French, but this is dad hard with a podcast. They're assholes. Kids are yeah. fucking assholes, especially if they're not, you know, if parents aren't like you and like I who have this mindset to raise their kids to know that people are different and you don't need to treat them differently. You still need to treat them with respect, right? Not everybody's like that. And those kids, the vast majority are, are assholes. So obviously I would assume that kids probably shun her are not super interested in like being friends with her. But did the parents do that to you guys also? You know, sometimes you get looks from, from the kids and the parents and like, uh, you know, there's, there's, some, but there is a percentage of kids in school that want to be your friend. Now like, they have that, they have that heart, they have that caring awesome. heart, that loving heart, you know, so she'll have a friend in school or two, but outside of that, you know, no one's, you know, actually sure. inviting us nowhere, but in support groups for autism, like in your local city or town, that's where you have opportunity to find other families like yourself that you're not alone in the world and you can set up a play date. Cause we've got to, we always got to work around our unique schedules. Like we're going to therapies and sure. appointments. And then in time, yeah, we've connected with some of our other fellow autistic families and we've been able to hang out like that, which is cool. Now, just to go back to your bully point real quick, yeah. like this is a good story that I like. Like we were in elementary school and I was pushing her on a swing because we always went 20 minutes early. That's like our warm up, like for exercise, right? You got to warm up sure. to perform better in your workout. So we warmed up before we went into school. So we did our warm up. We're swinging, we're singing, we're doing all that stuff. And then two kids walk by and they started to make fun of her voice and laugh at her and all that. And I told myself, the old me, you know, would have been mad. Yeah. But the me, me to, to educate and share the story was like, all right, opportunity. So I went over to those, to those kids and I was like, one of them had like a shirt. I don't know if it was like a hockey shirt or something. I was like, hey, man, is that your team? And I, I talked down to their voice level. And he was like, yeah. I was like, you like that team? Yeah. Have you ever been to one of their games? And they're like, yeah. So they're all fired up and happy. And like. Uh, the next day, like, right, if you're, like, rooting for your player or somebody scored, how, what do you do? Do you just, do you, you know, do you scream for joy? And are like, yeah, I scream, and then the next day I lose my voice practically. I was like, bingo. I was like, so my daughter right there, she couldn't talk for a while. So wow. what happened wow. was, and I, and I gave them the story. Wow. So when that story was over, you know, because we made a friend at the end, they're like, oh, then they, then they got, you know, then they started to care because it, now they knew the backstory. Yeah. So they're like, oh, is there anything we can do for Monica? I was like, yeah, when you're seeing her having a bad day at school, you know, just tell her, hey, Monica, don't forget to swing. So what happened uh, with that was it went from me pushing Monica by herself on the swing to a lot of kids walking to school angry because they're not able to play, you know, yeah. that they saw us and probably people were talking, you know, about us. I was pushing the whole swing set of kids. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. See, like that's a, that's the great type of advocacy that's necessary because you know, being an advocate and, and delivering this message and these stories to parents, like, sure, it'll you know those that are in your position are going to listen to it, take it to heart, whatever. But the more important thing is the way that you're able to break it down to kids as well, because that's what's you know that's what's really important for her on a day to day basis. I would assume, right? is that she she has to deal with kids all the time. She's in school, she has to deal with kids, and she needs kids to understand. And so it's a beautiful thing that you're able to kind of separate your emotion. I mean, listen, I'm sure you're so wrapped up in it now that it just is second nature, but it's amazing that you're able to separate your emotional side from your pragmatic side, and you're just able to just break it down to these kids and be like, listen, it's a beautiful analogy that you made because now these kids understand, they actually understand why she's talking the way she is. That's a beautiful thing that you're able to do. Was that something that you, that you also learned through therapy or was it just like coming into your head at, at different times and just seeing opportunities there to just try to make everybody aware about this? It was just coming through my head naturally, just being authentic. So I think I just, I just changed from, from Monica, you know, she's made me a better person. Wow. I learned how to be a better person because I wasn't always that. I wasn't always that person. Sure. You know, I was I was a butthead in life for for you know for years. <laughs> <laughs> it's better, you know, it feels good to be honest and to come yeah. think about that stuff. So, but when I became a parent and then have you know Monica, I had to change all those things, man. That that's the past. That's like you know that's dust off the shoulders yep, now. Sure. Now I'm me and, and we're we're here. We're right here now. So it's now it's like you said. What I just told those kids. That can probably help those kids right there where now they can share a story of their exactly. own. Exactly. They can repeat that process 
and at that young age and create a good habit throughout their life. And now they can impact others. Well, and it's also, it's also uh, like that education of those kids and breaking it down to a level where they understand it. It also now can make them an advocate for her, right? They're not going to be an advocate for childhood autism and stuff like that. They're not, you know, they're kids themselves. They're not going to go back. I mean, some maybe will, but they can be an advocate for her. And the next kid that they see do that, be like, hey, you remember when, you know, Patrick Kane scored last night? Like, you know, you remember how excited you got? Well, she didn't know how to talk and she just learned how to talk. So now she's excited and that's why she speaks like that. So don't, you know, don't make fun. Now these kids can bring that same story to educate other kids and be an advocate for her. And the, the way that you're, you also are now building, able to build relationships with, you know, everyday people, like you mentioned, the Dollar Tree, but also with all these kids is is phenomenal and i'm sure that helps her get a sense of security in these places that maybe previously were scary places to go nerve-wracking anxiety-ridden places for her to go you know what i mean now it's it's a safer space and that's because of the the power of you being a dad and wanting to make that for your daughter it's phenomenal man it really 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 is it's a beautiful thing when did you start actually doing the public advocacy as far as your content on YouTube, the book, etc. When did that click and how, how did that start and, and, and why did you decide that you needed to go that I'm going to say probably a little under three years, but, but since June of 2019, it's been every single day I've gone on live. Yep. So I had to break out of my shell, like you said, as far as the introvert stage. And now I can talk to people right here. Like I talk to you. So it's, it's just doing something that makes you uncomfortable, doing something that sucks every single day. Sure. Because when you do that, you're going to grow as a person. So I, I want to, you know, share the message sure. and, and put that put that content out there because there could be a family out there that's going through the same thing you're going through, and their in their day may suck, and they may they may want to do something negative to themselves, to their life. But if they hear a video that turns their frown upside down. You know, you might have just saved somebody right yep, there. So that's why I go I go live every day. I don't care if I got a shaggy beard. I don't care what I look like. It's not about that. It's not about me. It's about showing up for for people. Yeah. To, yeah. to serve others. And, and continue to be an advocate for your daughter and, and, and to help people that, that might be going through the same thing or similar things, whether it's autism or whether it's some other you know, mechanism that, that, that a child is going through, you know what I mean? Like that, that's helpful. You're and the positive, like I go back to the positive energy that you have, the positivity that you approach it with is phenomenal because you get it from the moment you start, right? From the moment you start speaking, you can see and feel and absorb this positive positivity that you're, you're coming with. And it's phenomenal. It, it, it's educational, but also inspirational and because it's positive and it's fantastic. Dude, this has been, excuse my French again, but it's dad hard with the podcast. It's been fucking <laughs> awesome. You are, you're an, you're an incredible human being. The way that you've approached this fatherhood experience, that's unique to, to, you know, to most people, but it is your every day. It is the only father, you know, this is the fatherhood experience that you know, and that's what we have to do as dads, right? We have to tackle the the experience that we have and be the best dads for our individual kid, whether they have autism, whether they're just late to speak, whether they are late to walk, whether they're loud and rambunctious and wild and a violent kid in school. You know, these are all experiences that we have and we have to deal with our, our kids and do what's best for our kid and your fucking doing it and it's unbelievable and you're also trying to help others to do it as well in a very inspirational manner it's unreal i i very much appreciate what you're doing even though my daughter doesn't have autism i the energy that you're putting into the space is is fantastic so i'm gonna give you a big thank you for that but uh, before i let you go what i do do i always ask two questions of every dad and i'm so excited to hear your answer to this number one what has been your favorite fatherhood experience? However you want to absorb and adapt to that question, what's been your favorite fatherhood experience? For me, it's, it's spending time with the kids. It's that simple, spending time with them. Like we made an adventure day yesterday. Wow. We made an adventure day the last two days. I blocked off that time for them. Like, like life moves way too fast right now. Even inside your house, like when it hits about 7 a.m. or so, life is moving freaking fast. 
And then when you go out that door, it's times whatever mega. So for me, it's, it's making that time in my schedule to spend time with those kids. I even write it down on my weekly goals every week. Wow. Like I write something down, like, like one of my weekly goals, like I have business goals and I have personal goals. One personal goal is, you know, me and the kids are doing yada, yada, yada. And we did yada, yada, yada. So I X that off. I got it done before the week. So it's awesome. spending time with the kids, man. It's making memories. It's being face-to-face. You don't get the time back. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. So you have to you have to be there. You made that kid. Yep. So you got you got to be that dad. You got to be that parent. And you got to you got to freaking represent because they're going to remember your actions, the time shared. They're not going to remember those words 100%. as much. 100%. 100%. So it, it's setting it's setting the the example right there and just a quick shout out to my son Christian. Christian is Monica's younger brother. He is a a man. He's 11 years old by the way, but he is so mature. I can already see him as a man. He's so mature, he's so caring, he's so loving. He's actually Monica's best pure play partner. So awesome. he made time to learn how to play with his sister. Wow. So another man right there. That's amazing. We're gonna have to have you, have you back on to talk about how the fatherhood experience compares to the two of them because that's an interesting dynamic that I wanna that that I also want to talk about. So we're gonna have to have you back very soon. <laughs> oh yeah, um, round two. Yeah, exactly. The the second question I always ask, and this is what I'm super interested to hear from you best piece of advice that you can give to a dad behind you in the fatherhood journey? Patience and understanding. You have to also look at life through their lens. It doesn't matter that we're older than a child. I mean, an adult, an adult, if an adult hasn't faced their demons in life deep down inside the dungeon in their soul, things that happened to them as a kid, we're just going to be an older version, but a more, a more aggravated version like that. So, you have to absolutely respect your kid. You have to listen. You have to let them talk. You can't cut them off. You got to hear the kind of person they are and you got to root for them. You got to support who they want to be in life and not try to like force your, your deal on them. You know, that's a growing, that's a growing bonding relationship right there. When you, when you're, when it's respect on both sides and you know, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree 100%. Even my, my daughter is way behind you. She's about to be two at the end of the month. But that's yeah. one thing that I always try to do. And it seems like you've had to master it, whether you consider yourself a master or not. You've had to master that the aspect of reading your child and doing what's comfortable for them, right? That's always been my that's my style of parenting for sure. Like, what is, you know, what do you want to do? Obviously, there are limitations at times, you yeah. know. But like, it, it's always trying to read her. What's wrong? What you're, you're crying? What's wrong? Let's use your, you know. So I, I think that that's a hundred percent a huge piece of advice and something that that we all have to do is really listen to our kids, you know, at, from any age, from the moment they're born. You know what I mean? You gotta listen and be in tune with what they want and what they need, so that you can provide that. That's what our job. Are, right yeah it's 100 yeah man gary this has been absolutely incredible i praise you to the fullest and i'm, I'm very happy that 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 we did this before i let you go again you do the youtube you have the book plug yourself for anybody that's listening that might have inclinations of of, of childhood autism in their kids or their kids are just having d- difficulties as they grow where can they where can they access your content? How can they connect with you? Yeah, so I'm on the social media things. So like first my book, you know, really quickly, it's it's really a good guide to help parents that That's have it, a yeah. child that's just diagnosed with autism because we don't know Jack Squat and this has a lot of stuff pressed into it. Like we're talking about the history of autism, we're sharing stories of an autistic girl, her ups and downs, things that she likes. And then I have contributors contributors in there in their fields. Like I have a massage therapist. I have a sensory integrated person in there. I do the fitness part. We had that brain piece in there I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So it's just a lot. It's not even a big book, man. So it's like short. It's a nice playbook. Parents or, or, or anyone or someone that they know who has a kid is autistic or someone who just wants to learn. Yeah. You can learn a lot in that little book right there. So as far as the social media channels, I'm on YouTube, Gary Martinez Jr. You'll see me there. I have videos on, there's some on activities for our kids. And then there's some other stuff in there too. That could be helpful. I'm on Instagram, same thing, Gary Martinez Jr. Same thing for Facebook. I'm also on TikTok. I just did a real funny TikTok oh. video today. So yeah, that's that's where I get to get raw. And I did my first, my first, what do you call it, like a reel. 
Okay. So it's like a reel because Instagram, you can do reels. And also on TikTok, there's whatever they call their version. So I'm getting more, you know, <laughs> evolving as far as those pieces. So I'm on there. You can check me out right there. Any questions, shoot me a message and I'll get back to you. Awesome, man. This was fantastic again. I really appreciate you coming on and let's chat uh, about getting you back on for part two. For sure. Thank you. Thanks right, so much for having me on. Absolutely. I'll talk to you very soon, man. All right. Thanks, brother. Bye. And that is all for this week's episode of Dad Hard with the podcast. As always, to connect on a fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod. And check out the website, wedadhard.com, where this episode with Gary Martinez Jr. talking about fathering or dadding hard through childhood autism of his 15-year-old daughter. He's a phenomenal dude. What he's doing is phenomenal. The way he's trying to educate other people is Absolutely phenomenal. So definitely check that out. You can check out the entirety of season two, season one, and forthcoming season three. Because my daughter's about to turn two. So season two about to be over. With that said, until next week, same dad hard time, same dad hard place. That's all for us. We're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember man. back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. Talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking.